And we will be going through a time, amen, of prayer and fasting uh, for 21 days at the beginning of the year. In case you weren't here last week, we talked about that a little bit. We're going to be going through that time of, of prayer and fasting together corporately as a church, amen. And uh, what it's designed to do is to create an atmosphere of unity and togetherness. Uh, but we'll be doing more than that because when you pray and when you fast, it really intensifies your time with God. Something uh, that all of us think is pretty important to us, which is food, will be uh, adjusting or giving up in one form or another. Uh, listen, fasting and prayer is a very personal thing, and uh, I can't tell you exactly how to do it, uh, but I know that we will all do, uh, do it in one form or another together, amen, for that 21 days. Some people may do one meal a day. Some people may fast all day until dinner. Some people may fast all day. I, I don't know what you may do. Some may do the Daniel fast or some other form of fasting, but I'm really calling the church, every one of us, to do some form of fasting and praying for the first 21 days of 2014. Amen. I believe that God is calling us to that, and I believe that it will get us going in the same direction with the same mind, thinking the same thing, amen, with the mind of Christ, speaking the same thing, only those things. Jesus said, I only speak those things that my Father tells me to say. Only those things I hear him say, I speak. And I only do those things that I hear him do. This will help getting us going in that direction. Amen. We need to understand that fasting and praying is not just for missionaries or for the pastorate or for some special intercessory group. Fasting and praying is for every Christian that wants to deepen their relationship with the Lord. Every Christian that wants to be a disciple, listen, just because you have given your life to the Lord does not automatically make you a disciple. Amen? That's a decision. That's a discipline that you have to develop within yourself uh, to, to say, I am going to make a stand. I will not let anything come between my relationship with the Lord. And today is my first day of saying, listen, God is first in my life. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with God. There is a reason that Jesus taught fasting and praying throughout the scriptures. There's a reason that when you read the scriptures, you'll see many Bible characters from Genesis all the way to Revelation who do different types and different forms of fasting and praying. And they consecrate themselves to the Lord. We see people all through the Bible fasting and praying. When you fast and pray, things begin to happen in your life. You may say, well, why are we doing this? We've, we've done this in some years past, and one year I did it, one year I didn't. Some people do it, some don't. This year, I would really like uh, full participation. If we can, in this thing, I believe God is calling. You're not going to answer to me. I will have no idea if you fast or pray every day for 21 days, uh, but God knows, amen, and he's the one calling us to this thing. And so things begin to happen in your life when you fast and pray. And some of the things that begin to happen in your life is the Holy Spirit uh, begins to put his finger on some things in your life that uh, you may not know are there. Maybe some things that you need to set aside 
Or he may put his finger on some things in your life that you need to add to your life. That, that there's a void. There's some, some, some areas of your life that are not fulfilled. And the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you and tell you what needs to fill that void in your life. He will put his finger on some things that need to change in your life. Maybe there are some attitudes that you have uh, that you just think are normal things. And it's just everybody does this, everybody says it, everybody thinks like this. But the Holy Spirit may speak to you during this time to say, no, I have called you to be separate. I have called you apart. You think differently. You see, you are a, a pilgrim. You are not a citizen of this world, but you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and that should be your thinking. And maybe that's what the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you. Also, your prayer life will be intensified when you fast. Uh, your lines of communication with God seem to just open up a little bit more. They will become clearer than they've ever been before in your life because you are setting aside some things that can sometimes hinder you in when you, when you want to hear from God. I, I, I often talk to people who say, you know, I, uh, I hear people say that they, they hear from God and they were praying and God spoke to them and that just never happens to me. You know, and, I, and people say that to me. Oh, I just never, I don't hear anything from God. I, you know, I, I hear other people say they hear from God and I don't hear from God. And one of my thoughts and one of the things I say is, could it be that maybe you need to spend some time with the Lord in order for you to hear from the Lord? I mean, if you say, well, I haven't heard from my sister, you know, in two years, and then someone will say, well, have you called her? And you say, well, no. Well, could it be that maybe you need to pick up the phone and Call your sister in order to hear from her. Maybe she's saying the same thing. Well, maybe it's that same situation with God. Have you picked up the phone? Have you picked up the hotline and said, Lord, uh, here I am. I need your help, but I'm also here to bless you. Speak to me. Have you talked to him? Have you set some things aside? Or have you just got up in the morning and said, Lord, bless me today, and I'll, uh, I want you to be with me today, and then go on about your day, and then really do the important things of the day? Could it be that we need to spend a little more time with the Lord? You must understand that when you say to your flesh, no, I am not going to feed you, you are saying to your inner man, yes, I am going to feed you. I'm going to feed you with the word of God. I'm going to feed you with fellowship with other believers. I'm going to feed you with that time of communion with God. I'm going to feed you with some meditation and prayer. Your flesh nature, which is the fallen nature, will present to you things that will trip you up from time to time. It will present to you things that will pre prevent you from hearing clearly from God. You must understand that what the enemy is designed to do in himself is to present you from hearing from God. It's so what he tried to do with Jesus when he took him out and when he met him out in the wilderness, when the Holy Spirit had called Jesus out into the wilderness, he tried to present things to Jesus that would separate him from the Father. And that plan for the enemy has not stopped. He is still at it today. And I want to tell you something else. Now that your flesh nature is a fallen nature, your flesh nature lines right up with what the enemy wants to do. It will begin to present things to you that want to hinder you from hearing from God. 
It will present things to you that will hinder you from furthering your walk, from being a disciple, from really pressing in and being the citizen of the kingdom that you really are. He can't stop you from being who you are, but he can stop you and your flesh can stop you and prevent you from acting like and walking in who you really are. You'll begin to think that you're something else. Your flesh will tell you that you are a caterpillar when you're really a butterfly. Your flesh will tell you that you are a chicken when you are really an eagle. But it needs to be revealed to you. And I believe that this time that we set aside saints, that the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to us individually and as a church. And he will begin to tell us things to bring us up. Remember, I, I, the Lord has really revealed this thing to me, and he's, he's, he's spoken this to me before, and I know he's spoken to you before, but it's really come clear to me that God is coming to a time in the kingdom where he's going to really stop coming down and fixing messes. But what he's going to do is he's going to begin to reach down and bring people up to where he is. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus Come on, somebody ought to be excited about being seated in heavenly places. Misery loves company. God does not want to come down and be our company in misery. He wants us to come up and enjoy the blessings that he has for us. And I really believe this time of fasting and praying, this time of being in agreement with God, will really open up those lines and the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to us and tell us what he wants us to do. That part of you that hungers for food is your flesh nature. But listen, that flesh nature also hungers for control. It hungers for power. It wants to control your life. It wants to tell you when to wake up. It wants to tell you when to go to bed. It wants to tell you when to eat, how much to eat. It wants to tell you what to say back to someone when you're offended. Come on. It wants to tell you how to react in certain situations. Your flesh wants control. Your flesh is that thing that says, listen, it's my way or the highway. Even when it comes to the word of God, your flesh will sometimes say no. It will say, listen, we always, we can always do that. We have time. We can do that tomorrow. We can do that Friday. We can pray on Saturday. You know you go to church on Sunday. Don't worry about it. When you get there, you'll pray and you'll hear the word. Your flesh will absolutely resist the word of God. But there is a part of you, actually there is what I like to say the real you, that inner man, the spirit man, that thing that God, when you gave your life to the Lord, he breathed the breath of life in you. And he said, wake up, and he woke up something within you and it became alive. And it's your spirit man. That spirit man longs to have control under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit. That spirit man communes with the spirit of God and is saying, if you will let the Holy Spirit have control in your life, you will be victorious. You won't continue to trip up. You know, Paul laid out some things in one of his, uh, one of his epistles. And he said, listen, if you do these things, you shall not fail. How many would like to not fail? He didn't say you will fail sometimes or you will stumble sometimes or you will fall. He said you will not fail. In other words, you will be victorious. You will be the head and not the tail. 
This flesh, though, it affects you. It affects you financially. It affects you relationally. That's why we want to put it down. That's why we're doing this thing, to take control. Listen, you see, uh, you see all kind of uh, ads on TV and all of that when they, they're talking to alcoholics or people who have problems and they say, take control of your life. Well, listen, the Lord is here today saying to you, take back control of your life. Take back control of your flesh. Take back control. And you can do that if you listen to what God has to say. If you listen to what he has to say. We were born, saints, with a will that is away from God. We were born with a nature that absolutely resists God. We were born with a fallen sin nature. And it likes to listen only to itself. But when you were born again, you received a new will. You received a new nature. You received a new center for your life. You received a new mind and a new mindset. And now it's time to start listening to that thing instead of listening to this flesh. Because I'll tell you something. God never saved us from Adam yet. And I don't mean you, young Adam. I mean Adam, the man. <laughs> we are still in this flesh is what I'm trying to say. We are not separated. You hear, listen, read Romans chapter 7. You'll hear Paul almost complaining. <laughs> you know, who will deliver me from this body of flesh? You know, from this death thing. Because he has a revelation now of who he really is. But he also knows that now I have to be a disciple because now I am still in this flesh. The real me is trapped in this thing. And there are some things that I have to do to overcome it. It doesn't just come automatically. We are all like boats out on the water and we just begin to drift if we don't do anything we'll drift and drift if you don't take control put your oar in the water and begin to go forward if you don't rev that engine up and let's go this way if you do nothing you will drift away from God you can have good intentions you can have a right heart you can have the right thoughts in your mind, but if you do not read your word, if you do not pray, if you do not fast in order to subdue this flesh, you'll begin to drift. And next thing you know, you'll be so far from God and say, how did I get here? I know. I've been there. And I know a lot of you have too. You don't have to say it. Come on. We've been there. That's why we're going to do this thing. Come on, that's why we're going to take these 21 days and we're going to say, you know what? I'm drawing a line. I can do it. I can do this. Listen, with the help of the Lord and the Holy Spirit, I can do this. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go forward. When you were born again, you received a new will and a new heart for your life, a new center. And when you fast and when you pray, you're helping to develop that discipline to put away those, I'll just say, childish things sometimes that we that our flesh brings up to us and, and you'll begin to hear what God says you will put away those fleshly things and you'll begin to focus more on God and I'll tell you something when you focus more on God you'll be happier you'll be more satisfied I remember the woman that we were talking to that gave her life uh, over in the Philippines we, we talked to her for quite a while there before we prayed for her and one of her things and I you know listen God bless her because she was very honest one of her things was she said you know I, I smoke 
and uh, I drink, but you know, I, I, I really, I believe in God, and I, I, I think I love the Lord. I just, I want to, I want to be like God, but I just, but I do all these other things, and, and you know, that's just not good enough. How would God accept me? And then we begin to tell her that, you know, it's God, it's not that. God knows you do all those things, and he still loves you, and he still is calling you. You know, when he gets you into his presence, he'll be able to then remove some of those things. And she was very honest. She said, I know, that's the problem. I don't want to get rid of some of those things. <laughs> and I said, listen, God bless you, sister. She, she was honest. I think some of us just need to be honest. We need to, we need to admit that our flesh doesn't want to get rid of some of those things. But the revelation that I, I'm hoping that she got that day and the revelation that I hope we get is that when you are in the presence of the Lord, he has things that are so much better. I mean, the, 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 I don't, I've never smoked, so I don't know what enjoyment that the flesh gets, but I would imagine it obviously gets some enjoyment from that thing, or whatever it is, drinking or whatever it is. But I, I, I also realize, and I have the revelation, and I hope all of us do, that that enjoyment that you get from that, God has something that is so much more, a hundredfold better. You want to talk about enjoyment, you want to talk about living a good life, you want to talk about uh, being filled with love and joy and peace and being on top and laughing, come on, you haven't seen anything till you've been in the presence of the Lord. And I, I believe that people that do those things, and I'm not down it, I'm just, but I believe that people that fill voids with those type of things, and we've all done it. It doesn't have to be smoking and drinking. It could be Pepsi, okay, or something else. You know, it could be other things. We've all done it. But when we, when we fill the void with those things, all we're doing is we're recognizing that there is a void, but then we're filling it with the wrong thing. That's why we have to keep going back to that same thing to try to fill it. And it doesn't fill the void. And so God is saying to us, fast and pray. I'll show you how to fill that void. And not only that, don't forget now, don't forget about your God. Your God is not a God that just simply fills voids. He doesn't just fill the hole and smooth it out. I'm talking about the God that created the universe with billions of stars. Now, who needs that many stars in the universe? I mean, there's only people on earth as far as I know. And so why are there other galaxies? What is the purpose? Well, you see, God is a God of abundance. He is a God of more than enough. He doesn't just fill the hole and smooth it out. He dumps more and more and more on it. Until you, there's so much, you might even have to say, Lord, please. <laughs> That's a lot. He'll say, good, now give some to somebody else. That's the way your God is. The way that we're going to do this, saints, is we're going to come into agreement with God. We are going to partner with God. We are going to agree with the Holy Spirit. We are going to agree with the Word of God. When you come into agreement with God, you walk with God. You hear what the Holy Spirit has to say, and then you obey it. You listen to the Holy Spirit. When you fast and when you subdue your flesh, you don't fight the Holy Spirit. You don't quench the Holy Spirit. You see, we have to realize that. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. We need to be honest sometimes. We really do. We fight the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just quench the Holy Spirit. We really do. And we think we're fighting within ourselves. 
But what you're really doing is fighting the Holy Spirit because God calls you to, to, to a time of reading. God calls you to a time of praying. And you say, well, I know, but I just, okay, I'll do it. I just got this other thing to do. It's real important, and I got to do this, and I got to call so-and-so, and I got to do, you know, so-and-so has to go to practice, and I got to do all these things. And you're, what you're really doing is you're fighting the Holy Spirit. You think you're fighting life. You think you're fighting, your, you're fighting yourself, but you're fighting with the Holy Spirit, and you're quenching the Spirit of God. But when we fast during this 21 days, we'll subdue this flesh. You actually start hearing some things that you should do. You'll, maybe it's that letter of reconciliation that you should have written. God will begin to speak that to you. Maybe it's that person that you need to forgive, you need to go to. God will begin to speak that to you. Maybe there's some things at church that you know you need to be involved in and you need to do. God will begin to speak that to you. Maybe you need to connect. Maybe you need to mentor somebody. God will begin to speak all of these things to you. And there are benefits from agreeing with God, from this fasting and prayer, saints. And today I want to give you eight powerful results of agreement prayer. I just want to give those to you. If you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 18. What days is a symphony of prayer. A symphony of prayer is when we speak with one voice what God has said in his word and through the Holy Spirit. It is being of the same mind. Now, I'm big on this thing. You're going to hear me say this a lot, especially over the next year. I know I'm probably getting on the elders' nerves already speaking this thing, but uh, it's being of the same mind and in agreement, but it's in complete agreement. Come on, somebody. It's being in complete agreement with the Word of God. It's being in complete agreement. Matthew chapter 18, our foundation verse is verse 19, but I'd like to, let me just go up a little bit. Let's start, if you have your Bible, let's start at, start at verse 10. He's talking about the parable of the lost sheep, and he says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. That's his purpose. What do you think? If a man, was, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek that one straying? I'm giving you this morning the uh, character of God, that he loves you so much that he's going to seek you out. He's seeking you out. And so we're going to let him do that during this 21 days. Amen. Verse 14, even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, listen, saints, listen, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. He's giving us some keys here this morning. Come on. You and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. That's the point of any correction, to gain your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every, every, every word will be established. Verse 17. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, then let him be to you like a heathen, like a heathen, and a tax collector. 
but for the purpose of gaining your brother. Okay, don't forget that. And then verse 18, he says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, saints. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. We need to understand this morning the power of agreement prayer. The power of agreeing with God. Now these are words from the mouth of Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Creator, the Word of God that went out and created you and I, the world and the universe. These are words that came directly from his mouth. Say, well, why do you say that, brother? I'm telling you why I say that, because of what it was that he said. How many know that when Jesus says something, you can take it seriously? Would you agree with that? I know I I agree with that. When Jesus says something, you can take it seriously. Well, what I just read, the words were in red, so we know it was Jesus. What I just read is that he said, whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. What does that mean? That means if we would come together as one, we would come together as one, as touching and agree. God agrees with us in heaven. Heaven says, yes, I'm with that. These are my people. They've been reading my word. They've been fasting. They've listened to what I've had to say, and now they're together agreeing. And so I agree with them. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, will be loosed in heaven. You want God to bless you? We want God to bless this church? We need to loose it by coming together and agreeing, by reading our word, by praying, by fasting, because if we loose it, God looses it from heaven. And it comes from heaven, and it manifests to us. It manifests to us. Ephesians 6.18 says this, Praying always with all prayer, in all supplication, in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We want to know how we need to pray during this time of praying and fasting. Here it is. Paul laid it out for us, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known unto God. What, what I'm trying to get us to do is to be, during this time, to begin to pray more specific. Let's let's not come together as religions do and just say, oh, Lord, you're great. Uh, Prop us up, oh, God, on every leaning side. Bless us and all of those uh, sort of cliches that we say. No, this is a more personal thing, saints. And I hope we take that to heart. This is a more personal, intimate time of communion with God. And he wants us to lay our supplications before him. Come on. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit of God. Being watchful. Watch and pray. To this end, he says, with all perseverance. That means I've set my mind to it. I've put my best foot forward and I'm going for it. And I will not go back. My mind is made up. I've got a made up mind and nobody can change it. I'm going forward with all perseverance and supplication. Listen, for all the saints, though it's a personal time of fasting and prayer, our prayer is for all the saints because God is the God that says we have to do this together. 
I'm not going to pull one out and say this is the only one that will be saved. You are a body, and we have a body ministry. We need to be praying for each other. Listen, I know that people like it when the pastor comes to their house or when the pastor comes to the hospital or when the elder does this, but listen, we all need to be those people that pray for each other, that call each other on the phone, that have a little more fellowship than we've had before so that we know each other a little more intimately. Agreement is powerful when we can do it and be on the same page. See, faith needs a life of prayer in which to grow and keep strong. Prayer needs fasting for its full and perfect development. If you're really going to pray and pray in the Spirit, then you need to fast every once in a while so that your prayer will be focused, so that your prayer doesn't become mundane, so that your prayer doesn't become familiar and just something I do every day, like brushing my teeth. I hope you brush your teeth every day. (laughs) We don't want prayer to be that way. Prayer is so much more. It's communication. It's not something we do to get rid of bad breath. It is something we do to be intimate with our father, with our daddy, Abba, father. He's saying, talk to me, talk to me. You know, I have four daughters, and my oldest daughter will contact me from time to time. And bless her heart, I I know when she contacts me that there's one of probably two or three things that's going to come out of the conversation. You know where I'm going. She needs some money, or she needs uh, me to come pick her up somewhere or she needs me to co-sign for something that I'm not going to co-sign for, you know, or whatever it may be. And so one of the conversations I had with her a couple years ago is, I I love to do things within my power for you. Whatever I can do for you, obviously, I will do. If it's it's money that you need and, uh, you know, and we have it, um, absolutely, we'll send you some money. If you need me to come pick you up somewhere or to do whatever it is, I just wish you'd call me every once in a while and kind of talk to me and say, Hey, Dad, I was thinking about you. You know, I love you. Come on, parents. You know these things, right? Well, listen, I want to tell you something. God is speaking to you today, and he's saying, I wish you'd just call me every once in a while. I love to do things for you. I love to, and I will never stop blessing you. I won't stop it. Don't think I will. I just wish you'd call me every once in a while. And not with something that you need, just to say, hey, Lord, I've been thinking about you. And I love you for what you did for me on the cross. And not only for what you've done, but just because of who you are. God is speaking to us today and saying those things. We must understand that the door to the realm where all things are possible is swinging open, saints. I'm declaring it and I'm telling you today that that door is swinging open. Come on, say possible. Possible. Say it one more time, possible. possible. That has to be our mindset, saints. From this time going forward, possible has to be our mindset. It has to be. We don't want to hear impossible because with man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And God is telling us that that has to be our mindset. It's no longer about 
boy, I just don't know if we can do this thing or not. I know we felt like the Lord spoke. We had our 21 days of fasting and prayer in January, and now it's February. And, you know, the pastor said this, and the elders' leadership had said this. And, uh, you know, Sister Sharon got up, and she testified of this. And I know God is speaking, but I just don't see how that's going to happen. No, it is no longer about how can we do something. It's just about, Lord, how do you want it done? And it's no longer about if we can do something. It's just about, Lord, how do you want to do this thing? And what is your timing? You know, maybe I don't need to run out and do it right now. Maybe he's showing you something for a year from now or whatever it is. It's, but it's about what Jesus said. I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I hear him say. So, Lord, yes, possible. Just how do you want to do it? Come on, I, I wish somebody would join with me this morning and say all things are possible to those who believe. We can do this thing. Thank we can do this thing. We can fill every seat. We can go out. We can bless the homeless, those who are in need. We can bring everybody up to where God wants them to be, whatever God has called us to do. We can disciple. We can do outreach. We can do all those things that God has called us to do because all things are possible to those who believe. I'll even go a little bit further. Somebody may not want me to go here. I don't know. But I'll go a little bit further. <laughs> we can all be out of debt. Come on. We can all be healthy and healed. Come on now. We can walk in the kingdom the way that God wants us to walk. And I'm speaking that hurting a little bit. I'm speaking that with some debt. Okay, don't think I'm just coming up here out of debt and totally you know, free of everything that's in my life. And now it's easy for someone like that to say it. But listen, I can see God opening that door of possibility. I can see him revealing some things. Come on, saints. I can see the kingdom. Can you not see it? I can see it. And if we see it, we can get there. We can get there all together as one body, together, lifting each other up, lifting each other up. We need to pray. We need to see. We need to expect. A great writer, Ian Bounds, said this. He said, the secret of success in Christ's kingdom is the ability to pray. The one who can wield the power of prayer is the strong one, the holy one in Christ's kingdom. The most important lesson we can learn is how to pray. He goes on to say that praying saints are God's agents. Do you know that you are God's agents? For carrying on his saving and providential work on earth. Now listen, if his agents fail him neglecting to pray, then his work fails. Praying agents of the Most High are always forerunners of spiritual prosperity. That's you and I. We are the forerunners. We lay it out by praying. I think, listen, I think for this next phase, we have had a great foundation laid for this church. I mean, we are built up over these last 20 years. Come on, we got a good foundation. We've had some good teaching, all right? I know that a lot of us are fat off of some of that teaching that we've had. Some of us are even pregnant with some things that God has placed in us over these last 20 years or however long you've been here with this teaching. And now God is saying, uh, you've got that foundation laid and now it's time to stand on the shoulders of what has happened before. And I'm going to take you even higher. And I really believe that this first 21 days... Come on, I know I keep harping on it and I keep preaching it, but I believe that this first part of this year is going to be the rudder for, for this big ship known as the local church, life church, and what direction we go. It's going to be the catalyst. It's going to send us off 
into God's will for us as a church and for us personally. It's not just going to be for the church. It's going to be for you personally. I really believe if you will partake, if you will participate in this thing, it's going to be the catalyst for the next phase of your life. It's going to, it's going to shoot you off into destiny. It's going to be the fuel that you need to fulfill the destiny that God has called this church and you personally for. I really believe that. I really believe it. Listen, the church that prays, that's the church that we're going to be. I've used this example before, but prayer should not be a foreign subject to us. Use this example. If you go to McDonald's, you expect that they would have hamburgers. Go to Taco Bell, you expect they would have tacos. If you go to an Outback, you expect, expect them to have Outbacks or steaks or whatever it is that they have there. You know, I mean, if you went to McDonald's and they served you a tomato, you may say, well, what is this? Well, we, everybody got used to hamburgers, so we decided to start selling tomatoes. And so you probably wouldn't buy a tomato from McDonald's. Even if you like tomatoes, it's just not what you expect there at McDonald's, right? So you would expect hamburgers. You go there, listen, when you come to church, you should expect prayer. You shouldn't come to church and say, prayer, what is this? What are these guys doing? What kind of church is this? No, prayer is part of the DNA of the church. It's what we do. In fact, it's who we are. Come on, we pray. That's what we do. That's what we do. The church that prays. Now here's eight powerful results. Praying church, come on. Praying church, it's a presence-filled church. Number one, agreement prayer secures victory in warfare. It secures it. It secures the victory in our warfare. Exodus 17.10, so Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. You remember this story? And then uh, as long as Moses' hands were up, they had the victory. Joshua was winning. His hands went down, Amalek started winning. Hands went up, started to get the victory again. Hands went down, he started losing the victory. He said, hey, hmm, there's a pattern here. When I'm up, when my hands are up, what does that mean? Surrender to God. Whatever you want, Lord, my hands are lifted high to you, and I point to you with all ten, all eight fingers and two thumbs point to you. Everything is to you, Lord. I got the victory. When my hands are down, pointing down, shoulders are down, I'm looking down, no victory. Your enemy has the victory. Lift up your shoulders. Raise your hands in the spirit. Point to God like Moses did, and you will have the victory. When you agree with God, it will secure the victory for you. It will secure your victory. Remember that you are in a battle. Ephesians 6.12, you know it well. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You are in a battle, and agreement prayer helps us secure the victory. Number two there, agreement prayer increases our power, our power to resist the attack of the enemy. You ever just felt like you were 
down a little bit and you just wanted to give in. Maybe you, maybe in the, in, in the physical, maybe you cough a couple times and, you know, but you stayed up really late at night and so you know you want to battle this thing. You don't really want to go to the doctor because it's just a little cough and you know the way insurance is today that, you know, you don't really have the money to go to the doctor because your deductible is $3,000. Oh, I'm talking about myself. But anyway, um, you know, and you don't, you, you don't want to go to the doctor. You'd rather just fight this thing. But then you stay up you know, a couple nights in a row, too late, and you have to get up early. And now you're tired and weary. And you just don't have the power to fight this thing. So you just relent, go to the doctor, take some medicine, do whatever it is that you want to do, go spend the money. And I'm not talking about when it's needed. That's, I'm not, you know, sometimes that is needed. I mean, God created doctors, okay? I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, you know what I'm talking about when you really don't, you have a little cough and you really, you know, I really not want to spend the money. I mean, do I really need to go spend the money to do this thing? And I, if I just ate right, if I just, you know, went to bed on time, come on. If I just did some of those things, really I could fight this thing. But you just feel downtrodden because you haven't done some of those things. Well, listen, that's what happens in the spirit. When we don't pray, when we never, ever fast, you know, when we don't read our word as often as we should, our spirit man just loses power. And then we can't resist the attack of the enemy and we find ourselves in things that we never thought we would be in because we don't have the strength and the power. But agreement prayer increases our power to resist the attack. Ephesians 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. Come on now. Imagine what a 150-fold cord can do, what a 200-fold cord can do. If a three-fold cord is not easily broken, come on, saints. If we come together and agree and understand Proverbs 18.10 that says the name of the Lord is strong. It's a strong tower. We can run to it. Come on. We use our weapons given to us by God to resist the attacks of the evil spiritual powers. The name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus helps us to do that. We need to agree with God. Number three is agreement prayer can turn a negative atmosphere into faith declarations. No matter where you are, no matter how downtrodden you are, listen, if you will agree, if you will just agree with God, it'll turn the thing all the way around for you. It'll turn it around. Numbers 14, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. The Lord delights in us. Then he will bring us into this land, and he will give it to us. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor feel the fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. That was Joshua and Caleb's assessment of the situation. But we know that the other eight came back, and they didn't even look at the land. They didn't look and see what was plentiful. They didn't look at what God had said. What they looked at was all the obstacles that were in their way. What were they looking at? With man, all things, uh, it is impossible. With man, it is impossible. Joshua and Caleb looked at, but with God, all things are possible. That's going to be our word, saints, possible. It is possible. 
and agreement prayer will turn that negative situation in your life around. Agree with God. Number four, agreement prayer believes that God is able. You just don't say maybe he might be able to. You know that he is able. Genesis 18, 14 says it. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. He's talking to Abraham and Sarah, and he says, Sarah shall have a son. Is anything too hard for me, God is saying. We need to know that our God is omniscient. He is omnipotent, and he is omnipresent. He is there with you. Number five, agreement prayer is, is a tenfold increase in power to accomplishing great things. In other words, what I'm saying with that one is, if you thought you had the power to accomplish some, some great things, you agree with God, and it will increase your power tenfold, ten times. I really believe that. Deuteronomy 32 says, How could one chase a thousand, and two put ten thousand to flight, unless the rock had sold them, and the Lord had surrendered them? But he's saying there, one could chase a thousand. Now, you know God. Remember I talked earlier how God is? God doesn't just fill the hole and cover it up. God really doesn't even get too much into addition. I mean, if you're adding a son or a daughter to your family, he may do that adding. But God doesn't really add too much. You know what God does? He multiplies. <laughs> that's, that's the Lord that you serve. God is a multiplier. And he said one can put a, a thousand, two can put ten thousand. Tenfold increase. Over in Leviticus 26, he said, Five of you shall chase a hundred. And a hundred of you, like church, shall put ten thousand to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. Ten thousand to flight. Number six, agreement prayer releases the power of the Holy Spirit in a specific place. I'm talking about if you need healing, if you need uh, to, to, to prosper in a certain area where you haven't before to overcome, he will cause you to, uh, he will give you the power to overcome that thing in a specific place. How many know that God is specific? This isn't just a, a, a brush where God is just congregational and says, well, I will bless this church. And that means that I will increase the finances of the church or I will increase the music in the church. Or I will increase. He will do all those things. But the way he does that is he will increase each of us specifically and individually and in our families that we make up this church. That's how the church will increase. If only if each of us as families and individuals will increase in God, then the church will increase. We won't do that without you and I increasing. So that's what God is saying in a specific place. You see, on the day of Pentecost, Jesus told them to go to a specific place. And we were talking earlier, Sister Sharon, Sister Jody and I, about how they didn't know it was going to be 10 days. Come on, they didn't know it was going to be... He said, go and wait. Didn't he, Sister Sharon? Go and wait. They didn't know, well, we got three more days, so if we just hang on. Wasn't like our 21-day fast. Only got four days left. Some of us might say four days, six hours, and 21 minutes. 14 seconds. <laughs> I used to be in a group called Ordained. It was after Michael Morgan had left and came here to Indiana, and we were in this group, and we declared that we would have a day of fasting. Every week, Tuesday, would be our day. But what we would do is we would fast all day long. We wouldn't eat breakfast or lunch, and then at 6 o'clock, then we could eat. We could eat dinner. And then we had rehearsal uh, at 7 o'clock at church. 
So what you would find is, you know, and of course this was all guys in the group, you know, these brothers, these brothers would be in the drive-thru at McDonald's at 557, you know, just trying to time it right. No, you go ahead. I got two more minutes left, you know, coming up. <laughs> so right at six, <laughs> they were ordering the Big Mac. <laughs> but those disciples, they didn't have a time. He just said, go and wait, and I will pour out my spirit upon you. They were in agreement, saints. They were praying together, not knowing the time. But they were in a specific place, and God blessed them in that specific place. Number seven, agreement prayer secures the miracle intervention of God. It guarantees you, saints, it guarantees you that he will, he will intervene. He will come in. He will intervene. The miracle intervention of God. Something that you cannot do on your own. It guarantees it. Remember Paul and Silas? The Bible says in Acts chapter 16, and at midnight they were praying, right, giving praises unto God. And God intervened with a miracle. And the whole place began to shake. He will intervene. Lastly, agreement prayer believes God hears and responds to our prayer. And this probably is the most basic one of them all. We have to first believe that God will respond. He hears you and he will respond to your prayers. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Come on. He has long arms. <laughs> Nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. That's not God. But your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. But if we would come before him with this time, Tired of hearing it now? I know. Well, hopefully it's down in your spirit. We'll come before him with this time of fasting and prayer. Those iniquities, those sins, those things that have separated you from God, from hearing from him. You don't have to be a pastor or some bishop or cardinal or whatever else you want to name, a theologian. In order to hear from God, God talks to everybody, including you. Yes, he does. He will speak to you. And we have to, saints, believe that. James 5.15, leave you with this, says, And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, most importantly, he will be forgiven. Agreement prayer believes that God hears and he responds to our prayer. How many believe that this morning, that God hears you and he responds to you? 